Hello everybody, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black. Um, we've got quite a bit to get through this evening because all of the rugby has started, uh, certainly in Scotland anyway. And joining me uh, to wade through all of the rugby, we've got Craig Manson. Good evening, Craig. Good evening. Uh, and fresh from, uh, I would say fresh from the stage, but fresh from being live in Butte, we have Ian here. Good evening, Ian. Hello, everyone. Hello. Good Good evening, Scottish rugby For people. people. For people that uh, don't know, uh, Ian we, we were in uh, we were in the English rugby podcast last night, and it was rubbish. So <laughs> <laughs> you were um, you you your band. We've got John and Ian have got a band with friends yes. of the pod, um, and, and one time uh, contributor. Run a yeah, yeah, run a sweeting as well. Um, and how and and how did that go? Gig live and beat this weekend, Ian. Um, musically, quite well. Um, numerically, <laughs> numerically. Like, there's quite a lot of people to start with, but uh, as one of my, my mates who came along, Jim, Big Scouts Jim, uh, what was this? What rest- oh, I tried to do a restart on my computer. Right, pick it. Right, I'm um, sorry. Uh, yes, uh, we were up against Anthony Joshua. Um, completely forgot that okay. was on, so pubs that were showing that. Obviously, Boxing people. Big and Butte, is it? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I didn't spend much time on the, the high street, but um, rumours <laughs> abound. Well, um, but um, yes, it no, sounds like it went it, well. Anyway. Good. Uh, yeah, it went all right. Yeah, not a lot of people. There was people who we didn't pay uh, started dancing. Well, so that that's good. good. Yeah. That's always a good sign, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Well, um, you can. If what, what's the name of the band again? Uh, Screamshot, which Screamshot. I think sounds like a rejected Decepticon. I, I was just about to say that. I thought it just sounded like a rejected. <laughs> <laughs> who was the we tape thing that turned into a bird? Oh, uh, oh it's a star screen. Sc- yes, yes, star screen. And he went into the one that turned into a ghetto blaster. Couldn't you have that these days. I had that. I had that toy. Did you? It'd be, it'd be, um, Nano transformers. Well, you couldn't like. I don't. You couldn't have like an iPhone with a tape that went inside it. Could you <laughs> convert it into an MP3 file? <laughs> anyway. Um, we're not here to talk about Transformers. Um, you can watch us live, as, as some people are doing uh, at the moment. Um, we're live on Twitch, Twitter, uh, Facebook, YouTube, um, and you can also download the podcast as an audio podcast afterwards on Apple Podcasts, Acast, Spotify. If you want bonus weekly content, then you can sign up to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Podcast from £3 a month. If you pay £5 a month, you get your name read out on the podcast and our eternal gratitude as well. Um, what happens now is you get this normal podcast, if you don't subscribe to the Patreon, with adverts. We talk for about an hour about what's gone on this week, but then the Patreons get an, an extra bonus episode where we have a bit of a rant. That's why we do Hands in the Ruck now, basically, because we were we were going over an hour every week. And so we thought, we'll just split it in two. It's far easier. So, if you want hands in the rock, you got to pay for it. That's the bottom line. If you want to hear a swear, you got to pay for it. That's F and E. Yeah. So, um, this week there's been there's been lots of news, but I think we kind of focus on the three big things that happened this week. We've got Scotland versus Ireland, which we'll talk about in a minute. Then we'll we'll talk a bit about the uh, United Rugby Championship first weekend, and then we'll do Super Six at the end. Um, Scotland women versus Ireland. Then wow. Um. I don't. I don't want to say who saw that coming, but 
we we kind of saw that coming, I guess, Craig, because we we talked on last week's podcast about the kind of the mental resilience of the women's team and not letting the heads drop and playing to the end and you know looking for the the small wins in games and letting those build and you know I think that game was was absolute testament to that. Very much so. Um, uh, <clears throat> the game itself um, seemed to ebb and flow between both uh, Ireland and and Scotland, and I'll tell you what you know it was a passionate a passionate affair. So, um, but uh, just having that resilience at the end, and um, just Sarah Law and her and her absolutely cool head, um, all that pressure on her shoulders, and uh, just a fabulous fabulous end to a nail biter of a of a of a fixture. So it's, I, I know that. A lot of people will say, "Oh, we would rather it have been a lot clearer, a lot of a, a lot, you know, a lot bigger gap between the two. But that's a way to get, you know, a last-minute gasp um, finish. You know, it was very, very good. But Ireland are a top side, though. Ian. I mean, that's the bottom line here. And I think you know, for Scotland to pull off that result is no, no easy, no easy thing under, under that pressure as well. Uh, yeah, I believe they were semi-finalists uh, as recently as twenty fourteen. And uh, obviously, uh, Philip Doyle had a, a spell there, and then he's, you know, he had such a good input in the, the Scotland team. Um, so, yeah, they usually finish above us in the Six Nations as well. Uh, I see usually pretty much all the time now. Um, and they, they turned over Italy, so, you know, who had given us a good spanking. So it just shows, you know, Scotland women, they get a couple of more weeks of time spent together. Um, I just thought they looked a lot stronger defensively. Um, as opposed to Italy, we were carved to shreds. Um, it's, a, it's a tremendous win. Yeah. Defence is still a concern, though, Craig, I would say. I don't want to be too down on them because it was a, you know, after a phenomenal win, but there was there was still a lot of slipping off tackle, particularly that first, the first Allen try. There was a lot of, you know, uh, looking like you were going for a tackle and slipping off a bit too easily. It's all, that's They're going to have to tighten that up if it, going into the next... This, whether this next tournament looks like, yeah, very much so. I think I think uh, uh, in the review on a Monday morning, I think there'll be a, there'll be a couple of people, um, you know, not giving a giving a shouting or an air dryer, a hair dryer, I should say, but you know, they should be showing the, the, the them slipping off because the the, the slip off tackles weren't. It wasn't like they'd put in a big tackle and um, <clears throat> and and they'd just been the person had walked through them. It was a proper like half-hearted slip-off tackle and it was just a shame because um, it, it gave in such a pressurised game you would expect someone to put that tackle on as hard as they possibly can but you know I'm an old guy standing back and watching the game I'm not I'm not there in the, in the pressure that these guys these, these, this team is under and I don't want to ever to turn around and people to think who are you talk what are you talking about you know you know you're an old fart, just uh, uh, telling us <laughs> that we can't tackle, you know. Um, but uh, but and also Ireland didn't help themselves as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, Emma Wassel, though, um, Ian, f- fifty caps, fifty consecutive caps. Mm, we, I've come I mean, up with a, a nickname for her: uh, world, world class wass. Oh, nice. There we go. I like um, that. Yeah, it's uh, it's a phenomenal achievement, you know, to play in that attritional position. Um, and play 50 times in a row. It was, is it 48 starts now? I think it's yep. for, like the first two replacements and it's been 48 since um, and usually one of the best players on the park um, for, for both sides. Um, 
uh, uh, it's no surprise that she's now been given a sort of professional contract. Um, so yes, another incredible performance from her. Um, and like you know, she's been key. Well, in all the good Scotland victories of note, because she's played in every single bloody game. Um, yeah. it's uh, it's an amazing thing they've done. Yeah, and we did um, put her in our hardest hardest players of the the tens shortlist, didn't we? We did, yeah. I think that went. Yeah. She she was in there for that for just just for the like you said, just just to make that number of appearances and. Yeah, I think she was on forty four at the time or something. Forty five, maybe. Yeah, so. <laughs> it was only about Christ, that, that podcast was only about a month ago as well. <laughs> <laughs> the game's gone thick and fast. Aye, um, but I, I mean, again, Craig, the, the attack went well this week. It, the, there seemed to be a lot more uh, shifting from defence to attack. Seemed to have improved a lot. Turning good defence into attack seemed to work well. There were. Uh, you know the, the the tries were taken really well. It's uh, the the building, so you can see there's something building there from where they were at the start of the tournament to where they've ended up. Yeah, I think I think Ian hit the nail on the head. To be perfectly honest, I think they've they've had time together, um, and they've had time to come together and 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 properly uh, train. Uh, the, nobody can underestimate. Um, the 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 effect of being together with a team uh, as a team helps, um, and you learn to fight for each 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 teammate. Um, and and it just uh, you know just as, as Ian said, bringing them together for a longer a longer time has really helped them. You know, yeah. And I suppose that goes to what we were saying a few weeks ago that that shows the merits of having a more professional setup in Scotland if if you're going to. The the talent is there within the Scotland women's setup. It's just time together, and the only way you're going to do that is by putting more resources in. And if you put more resources in, it's going to pay dividends. Sorry, you're going to go. Yeah, no, that's uh, I'm currently um, skimming through the the offside line article about you know, Mark Dodson and uh, Jim Jeffries. Uh, you know, said they're going to support the qualification. Just checking if they're actually putting a number to it, but. Mm. Um, Yes, obviously resources need to be realigned because, I mean, just the, I mean, probably the, the amount of money that they could probably get from TV rights for qualifying to the mm. big show will probably outweigh what they'd have to, to outlay, I would hope, even just to, to get them together for a, f- a few months. Um, I think it also, months. sorry. Well, obviously there's like the work, work commitments and that to, to try and figure out, but come on. <laughs> Now's the time, because if you look at and and this, this, I'm going to say this, and it's not, uh, uh, you know, I feel really pretty. It's pretty horrendous for the teams that are involved. But if you look at Ireland and Wales at the moment, they're in chaos at this moment in time. Um, so Scotland are putting their their um, uh, they are backing Scotland women. They may not be fan- financially putting a huge amount of money behind them, but if if they want if they increase that, now's the time, and they will. You know, we can the, the the team can get higher in the rankings, um, uh, and do have a great World Cup if they get there. Yeah, I mean, like we said, the, ta- the the bottom line is the talent is there, and and it's it's putting resources into it. You 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 know, you the team are only going to get better, like you said, Craig. They rise up the rankings, and that then pays pays back then mm. in. More exposure leads to sponsorship, leads to you know um, better performances, prize money, even and stuff like that. You know, it's 
it's all cyclical, but Scotland is starting from a, a very from quite a low base point, I would say, compared to Wales and Ireland, who have pretty much scrapped their women. You know, Wales mm-hmm. have pretty much scrapped their entire women's professional setup. Ireland have scaled theirs back. So Scotland are actually in, like Ian said, they're in a better position because there's nothing to scale back. It's it's a case of scaling it up now. And there's, there's the, you can't tell me there aren't the resources somewhere to do it. There isn't some no. money you couldn't take from somewhere else to support that somehow, you know, take a bit off the men's, you know, how is it um, Rona Lloyd saying, you know, the, the fees that the men get, I think she was talking about the England men because it was a, will, a, a response to something Will Greenwood said, but say the amount that an England player gets for for one appearance in an England shirt, you know, she could live off for a year. Yeah. And that's, you know, so so there there will be, you know, the men's match fees. I'm not saying you take them all the way all together, but could you reduce them? Could you speak to the men and say we want to give more to the women? Skim a little off the top, you know, just to be twenty yeah. percent here or there or something like that. Well if you think about you think about the take that's coming in from the autumn the autumn tests alone. Because if you look at the ticket prices, we've already had a moan about or, or we've had a conversation about the, the ticket prices last week. If you look at even just the, the difference, if you take you know, take the the, the difference in what the um, for the England game where they've stopped giving concessions for for children. Hmm. If you look at that difference in that in that amount of money that's going to come in, that would help. They're going to make a certain amount of money out, out of everybody um, uh, for the autumn nations if they just quit, if they put some of that aside and invested it. You know, the the the, the women's game will give so much more than they put in. Than the SRU will put in, and uh, I just I think it's now is the time. We are now, you know, we, we we constantly talk about being on the right side of history. Now is the time. I was thinking about this weekend. I think there's a looking at the way that the UR, the URC has started, and all the the kind of the, the, obviously they've kind of bombarded social media with clips of the games. There was the interview with the guy from Rock Nation saying, you know, we're we're kind of suggesting that they allow fans to post game footage without um you know sanction because ultimately it's an advert for the, it's free advertising for the game mm-hmm. now i would be surprised if rock nation aren't having a conversation saying where is your women's competition in all this because there's an opportunity there to to add that to the brand of the United Rugby Championship to have a shadow women's to you not a shadow for, not a women's team for every franchise but a women's team for every union that's involved mm-hmm. wouldn't be a massive ask and you know they've got WN you know the the, the WNBA in America yeah you know kind of shadow in the NBA and that's something Rock Nation have been heavily involved in that has to be the next step that we start looking at professional women's rugby as a product that, that you can sell and it's like we said it's 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 good quality rugby if you're like we've said before if you're somebody that hates modern men's international rugby go and watch a women's game because the quality is 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 right up there and it's it's just a different style of game very much so yeah about a merger with the uh is it still the Tyrells 
fifteens, the Premiership in England. There was a talk. There was talk a while ago of Scotland trying to get a franchise into the yeah. the Premier Fifteens. Because like, because if it was just like one team from each union, the the URC would get pretty pretty dull pretty quickly. Probably would you know, do, to be fair. So, yeah. But and also, you know, they'd be looking that you know, Rock Nation could be thinking, well, that's that's us edged into the English market now. What else is in there? Let's see how we get on here. Yeah. Well, they've already in there. Said they represent um, Maro Toji. Yeah. So, and his Range Rover. Yeah. M&S sponsorship. He's sponsored by M&S now. Been wandering around with his high-waisted slacks and comfortable pants. <laughs> and he always get a brat of it. His hushed puppies. Excellent um, refund policy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that, like you said, Craig, that's got this. This is an opportunity now. It's you know, women's rugby in Scotland is now in the shop window, and it, it you know, you would hope the team can now go further. And you know, there's the next tournaments they've got, so they're going to be in a tournament now. We think against Samoa, who are the qualifiers from Asia, and then it is also the winner of Kenya and Colombia's playoff. I thought it was Columbia were already in. Are they? This is I'm reading the the BBC article from the weekend. So maybe it's Columbia oh, already right. in. No, because I, I, I thought it was Samoa and Colombia were in, and then it was the winner of a Pan Asian. Um, I think that was before the Italy game, but I think that was Rugby World. Yeah, well, this the, this is this is the BBC saying post the weekend um, right. that. Scotland will now join Samoa, the runners-up of the Asian qualifying tournament. Ah, no, so I think I've, I've misread it, so it's the way they've written the sentence. They will now join Samoa, comma, the runners-up of the Asian qualifying tournament and the winners of Kenya and Colombia's playoff in the final qualifying tournament. I thought they meant yeah. that Samoa were the runners-up of the Asian qualifying tournament. Yeah, I think it put, means... No, they should have put the winners of the... They should have done that as the and, and the winners of... So, yeah. you know, they should, Kenny or Columbia should have been the middle part. And then they should have and the runners up of... I might come on to the BBC's uh, coverage of, of Scottish rugby later on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we'll see. Where, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. We'll 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 keep an eye on it. We'll, we'll cover it at the time. But, yeah, phenomenal result, phenomenal Very game. Result. And our sentences won't be confusing. No. And, yeah. um, you know, just uh, as a bunch of players, they... They just look like they're having the most fun, and that's that's always good to see because you don't you know and you, I think that's always a mark of a good team. And we saw, I mean, we we've seen it with Scotland more recently. And I think when you start to see that kind of stuff coming out of camp, play you know teams that are having fun together tend to play well together. There was a, I think it was Hannah Smith that posted the team photo, and they were all just kind of messing about. Mm. It was a team photo; and they're all messing up with each other's hair and laughing, and they, they just look like they. They're they're a very close knit team, so hopefully they can stay together for a few years and get a good run as results. Um, so United Rugby Championship kicked off then this weekend. Um, finally, um, what do you want to do? How do you want to do this? Do you want to do? Should we do Glasgow or Edinburgh first? No, Glasgow first. So let's, let's go Glasgow. Go on, yeah. and then we'll, we'll end on a high, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Look at. Overall, that was a good result for Glasgow. I know it could have gone better, 
but it's against Ulster. The Glasgow played some good rugby and Yeah, I mean usually if you said, you know, came away from um Ulster with uh, with two bonus points, you'd you'd bite your hand off. But you know, I mean, I, I've only caught up with it today, obviously, because I was away at the weekend. But I saw a bit of it, and we that you know that feels like it was one that got away. Um, there was some, you know, the, the attacking play now looks to have shape and structure because we actually have number tens playing at ten, um, and you know, Tui Pilotto, he. Uh, you know, he showed why he's been brought in. Just, oh, Oof. oh, he absolutely thumped that boy Balakin down to the floor. Um, <laughs> oh, tr- tremendous stuff. Um, but yeah, it does feel like one that got away because it was a little bit haphazard defensively. I think it was Johnny t- um, said in the group chat, like, Ulster's had to make over 200 tackles. Last one yep. had to make something like 79. Yep. Um, and 13 of those were little George Horn. Yeah, which is <laughs> you know he's been made like a sixth of all the tackles. That's incredible. <laughs> what is going on? Um, so it feels like one that got away. Um, yeah, feel free to add anything, gentlemen. <laughs> no, it, yeah, it's it was it was a strange game. I think that the it shows how well Glasgow played that an Irish pundit gave Rory Darge man of the match in a, a game that Glasgow looking. lost. It's not unheard of for an Irish pundit. Even like God, even if Glasgow had won, they'd be looking for an excuse to give it to an Ulster player normally. Yeah, uh, John Cooney for eighteen excellent minutes. Um, <laughs> no, how, Rory Dard really is. He's, he's you know cloned Mish, um, yeah. but it looks of things uh, absolutely brilliant performance from him. Um, the, the leg drive for the the JB Doby try, which ends up t- it kind of takes out three Ulster players. Um, yeah. That's such a pivotal carry in that move. Uh, I thought Jack Dempsey had a very good game as well. Um, yeah, he he just looks like a quite a big unit. Um, so he took on a lot of carrying work. You no, know, uh, don't know. Think he usually plays at eight, but you know seems suited enough to the role. Um, Ryan Wilson doing Ryan Wilson things. Um, I actually think Dempsey could, could Dempsey could really fill in for the Gibbons role. Um, you know, he's he's the hardened the hardened uh, um, back rower who will go in and sort things out when when things go shit, you know, go go slightly awry. Um, he's um, he's I think Darge was fantastic. I think Glasgow um, certainly shouldn't walk away from that that game thinking things are wrong. Um, you know, I saw one one post um, uh, on 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 Facebook about uh, this is you know this is just typical uh, uh, underfunding by the SRU. Etc. I'm thinking, hang on a minute, you're you just lost at, at, uh, against Ulster, who I think are going to be um, the next. Uh, um, you know, they they've got a good chance of winning this this year, um, and it was in Ulster, you know, in Belfast at the Kingspan. You know, that's a lot of pressure on those guys. It was just, I think, really, to be honest, it was just too, you know, two two guys who haven't got a huge amount of experience that are coming through that just made a couple of mistakes and it just cost them the game. And, and I think that's the, you know, I think they should be, I think all Glasgow fans should be pretty happy with that, you know, with, with what happened. It was a fairly bad. It was, was it Jamie Doby chased down the Ulster player and almost got the turnover? Then else to snatch the try. I mean, the commitment yeah. to chase that back and then get back up and then get get up and almost almost get the turnover yeah. was phenomenal. And to have that, I think to see we haven't seen that commitment from Glasgow players 
in the past seasons, that kind of commitment to defence. But yeah, obviously there's work to do still. It's like Tom Thompson was. Uh, Thompson looks a real deal to me. Ross Thompson looks a real deal to me. He, he, he's, he, he, no disrespect to Dunkey Weir, but um, he certainly um, showed Dunkey Weir a clean pair of heels uh, when he came on at ten um, and showed uh, showed everyone. You know, he just unfortunately it was just a small mistake, and and I kind of agree with the pundits that were on um, when I was watching the game that they they were kicking it at in opportune times out with maybe a game plan that they had, um, which was just a shame because it, it, it looked it looked like it was going to be a good result for Glasgow. Um, yeah, who's um, yeah? Again, that kind of the the Forbes staying and was it Rufus McLean was playing as well in the back three? They look <laughs> that looks like a tasty back three now. I mean, and like Glasgow been struggling for fifteen since Hog left Ian. So are you happy with the way that's shaping up? Um, yeah, and there's also uh, same Josh McKay um, to come in as well. Um, I think Cancellieri can maybe also co- possibly cover fifteen. Um, Forbes, I'm a big fan of, but. It'd be nice if he could spend eighty minutes on the park more often, because yeah. <laughs> I think that's—I believe that's the third yellow card he's had. I can certainly remember another one for a deliberate knock-on, which I think also led to a penalty try against Leinster. I think it was mm-hmm. the the, the um, Adam Hastings Kung Fu Kick game, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure he's received at least one other yellow card. Um, I mean. Does he does he have really have a chance to go for it? I mean, this it's you know this double whammy is the problem. Do you actually just let them score? Because they're probably going to go in at the corner, and what makes the kick harder. But instead, you know, you end up giving away seven points, and you, you're off the park for ten minutes, which ended up being a, a relatively prof, profitable um, <laughs> ten minutes for Glasgow. But nonetheless, but it's I'm fixable. Sure. That kind of stuff's fixable, though, isn't it? You can work on his decision making. Yeah, but it's been. You know, it's it's been a constant through the the Wilson era. You know, it's the the discipline and defence has been the problem. The attack now seems to to be coming in. Um, and I, I think we're you know, there's some some nice rugby being played. Uh, I thought the Dobie try, um, Thompson showed great composure. You know, not to just keep chucking it wide. He actually, you know, he sort of stopped, looked at his options, took his man on in the inside. And is that there you go, Jamie? There's a wee simple running for you. Um, so that was encouraging, but um, yeah, it's just you know, yellow cards. We need to see a, a reduction in yellow cards to see, um, and red cards. But now that Ioanni's away, that should <laughs> that should be a little <laughs> bit easier. But it's a promising start, anyway. I mean, it probably feels to me like Glasgow have got the makings of a good squad. Now, there's not many areas that you would say they're 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 weak in. Yeah, and there's still, you know, um, the commentator said there was 13 players missing, uh, three of them being away with Argentina, Cancellieri, um, Miotti and um, Pieretto. Uh, sorry, that's it, yeah. Um, I don't know who, I can't think who the other 10 were. we got Price, Ferguson to come back. It's I think both, Matt Ferguson as well, injured. Yeah. injured. Um, um, and also, yeah, there's there's plenty to choose from. Um and it looks... That's. I mean, I think that's kind of going to be the difficulty. It has been Glasgow's difficulty for the last few seasons. Is they they have three very good scrum halves, and if if this new URC format means that the you know, that there aren't going to be clashes with internationals, then 
Jamie Doby might be struggling for game time, which would be a shame. I would like to think, given that Price is coming off a Alliance tour, they will be a bit more flexible with his rest periods. You know, they won't obviously. You know, if it's, if it's a tough game, you know, if it's a big European game or against one of the top quality sides, they might want to, you know, sort of push him a little bit. But you know, when you've got the quality of Hornito and Dolby behind, you know, you need to give you need to give them game time. Um, so you can, I think, you can certainly start to trust them against big sides because um, you know a lot of the time they have when they've been pushed, forced at the action they've performed more than well enough yeah anything else on Glasgow happy we've covered I don't want to force you to go through any more than you have to Ian no, right. <laughs> well I thought um, set piece looked alright scrum we didn't lose that many scrum penalties uh, I don't think we no. gave, did we have any we? didn't give any no Dempsey seemed to like it looked like we were moving backwards quite a few times but Dempsey handled everything quite nicely um, so that's encouraging and also the because seeing as also small I think they did say they, they scored something like 17 tries last season with it mm. um, we gave away a couple of penalties but thankfully uh, no tries this time because they have used that as a real potent weapon um, but Richie Gray you know having a, a giant um, in your line out is, is always a handy thing and he's also you know, good, good in the mall as well yeah Good. Let's talk about Emra then, Craig. Come on. Well, <laughs> should we start? I, I want to talk about the stadium to start with. Now, you know, uh, you, you did kind of shoot yourself in the foot by sending me and Johnny and everybody a photo of you at the stadium with the words, not a pillar in sight. And as Johnny pointed out, there were 12 pillars behind you on the other side of the pitch. <laughs> I couldn't. The thing was, I was, I, I was so excited. I couldn't see them. I was looking past them. <laughs> I also said it was really busy, and then he's, then you said uh, uh, there's not a lot of people in that photo, and it's actually it was it was an hour before kickoff. Um, yeah. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> but it was. But I mean, that was a hell of a noise on the telly. It seemed like a really good atmosphere. Was there a noticeable difference? Do you think from games gone by at Murrayfield or Maya side? It's night and day, coming. It is night and day. Um, I, I think I, I, I've, I've just my reviews just going up on the on the blog, and uh, um, the last five minutes of the game where Edinburgh would usually capitulate and and Scarlets would score because Scarlets had a good chance of scoring a, a, a couple of times um, at the end of the game. Um, the noise was absolutely up there, and it would have got lost in Murrayfield. It would have just been up in the rafters. You wouldn't, you know, you'd hear them, but you wouldn't, ha- you, you wouldn't have heard it on the. You know, as as visceral as it was. Okay, fair enough. I was in, right in the middle of it. The Lothian stands a fairly a fairly loud place to be, um, but uh, you know, it really felt that 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 as Mike Blair said, we were the six, we were all the sixteenth man, um, and it was a uh, you know, I'm I mean, I'm very very excited by the new place, and I think it's going to be a fantastic place to 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 go and watch some phenomenal rugby. Yeah, um, we we. We'll... I think in Hands in the Ruck, we might go through some of the Ember players' music selections. Yeah. <laughs> um, because there are some absolute... I mean, Grant Gilchrist choosing status quo just feels very on brand for Grant Gilchrist. Yeah, um, definitely. But and there's some others on there. The, the one that I want to talk about, though, is... And when I saw it, I was scratching my head. It just said, Darcy Graham. And then next to it, it said... Yabba dabba do slash 
the can can and then in the place where it should have said the name of the artist it just said custom yeah and so i was like has he made that up himself has he done his own song right and then I, te- I messaged you the weekend. I said, "Well, what was it?" And you're like, "Going, well, we could hear the can can, but everyone was singing it and dancing along because obviously scored two tries at the weekend. Yeah, oh, everyone's going crazy for the can can. It was amazing." And I said, like, "Well, where's Yabba Dabba? Do come into it." So, so we got in contact with Ember Rugby and said, "Look, what, what what is it with Darcy's theme tune? What what is it?" And they said, "No, it, it, it and if you listen, I could just what hear on the telly. It is Fred Flintstone shouting Yabba Dabba do." And then they play the can can immediately <laughs> after it, and they go, and Embra's DJ has put it together for him at his own request. So yes, Darcy Graham has created his own um, scoring music, which is, I mean, that's for that level of attention to detail because everybody else has just gone, just just play something, and Darcy's gone. Do you know what? Play me something that will get people on their feet. And apparently it was something he's seen at the Euros. That's the feedback we had. He saw something at the Euros. And he's I think he's genuinely put some thought into that and going, if I score, what what is going to get that stadium rocking? And the the can can is an absolute genius selection. Oh, you, because you, you, you just couldn't believe it, Cammy. It was the noise. Mind you, I think Darcy was electric anyway, uh, mm. on, on on Saturday. But you know, I guess we it's it's one of those situations, I think. We all got a bit carried away too, because it was such a close game, and there was all and, and we're in the new place and, and all this that and the other. But it, what the place was absolutely jumping, and I've never been like like uh, the only way I can describe it. And please, you don't have to write in and, and take me apart for it, um, uh, viewers and listeners. But it's when Scotland um, that pass went to Hugh Jones from Finn Russell against mm-hmm. uh, in the Calcutta Cup. The place was jumping, and we, as an Edinburgh fan, and the Edinburgh fans had the place jumping like that on a smaller scale. And um, there's only five and a half thousand people there, but it felt like we were, it was full, and it felt the noise was just absolutely fantastic. It was great, yeah. absolutely great. Uh, while we're speaking about Darcy Graham, let's talk about him because I think the the Mike Blair era of Ember playing more attacking rugby you could see instantly the impact that has had on Darcy Graham. And let's not, you know, Darcy Graham has had a hell of a year. Yeah. Because, you know, his brother was in a car crash and he's talked about that now. You know, he was in the Scotland camp and his brother was uh, quite badly injured in hospital at the time. And, you know, despite that, he played some good rugby, maybe not his best rugby, but played some good rugby. And you could see what it meant to him to be in that stadium and, and be obviously given permission to play play rugby the way he wants to play. I mean that second his second try where he pops up off Velicott's shoulder and just shoots through. I mean that he was doing that for he did that for Scotland a couple of times in Six Nations, but I don't have you ever seen them do that for Ember that much before Craig? Not really, no. He's always been on the end of a ball. He's always he's always been you know down the wing. He's always, the balls come out out through the backs, um, and then he's been on the end of it. But if you look at both both these tries, um, you know the one off Mata um, when Velikop rescued the ball out the ruck um, and and put it onto Mata. Mata thundered down. He was right, you know, he got it right off Mata again and bounced off two car, uh, two Scarlets players in his usual whirlwind spinning. Uh, best and then continued on and he was going so quick that he fell over himself 
<laughs> and then had to then had to get up and 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 put the ball down. So I I I, I, I kind of equate it to he's almost like James Brown when he comes on with his jacket on the and he's all like oh sore and and oh I'm just, and he's walking like as if he's really sore and then all of a sudden he throws the jacket off and goes let's go and it's <laughs> it's. He, he, he seems to have done that with Edinburgh, especially over the last year. Fair enough, he's, he's had a really tough time. But also, I think he was being smothered and getting fed up with, with the lack of ball um, within, within Edinburgh rugby. And, and I think he's he's being challenged now to to do a job. Um, and, uh, and yeah, absolutely fantastic. You know, um, electric, to, electric on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I... Let's talk about Embers Fly Half then. Play <laughs> <laughs> Kinghorn Fly Half. You know, we've been scathing about it in the past, but it looks like it might work. Uh, that's it. Arguable. I actually still had 15 minutes of the game left to watch uh, by the time we came on. Um, I don't think it's a long term solution. I mean, I, I thought the whole reason. James Lange came up. No, he wanted to play twelve, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's that out. Um, we'll see. We'll see. You know, obviously, it's going to take time for him to to, to bed into that, that position. Um, it didn't go very well in Paris when he played there at ten, um, as uh, as I'm sure Craig remembers uh, quite savagely. What is he help? Um, <laughs> I, I don't see it being a long-term option. No. Do you? Well, to be honest, from what I know, Mike Blair is a huge fan of him at 10. Um, and they've been, you know, and and I've got to say, he, for me, he opened my eyes on, on Saturday. Okay, fair enough, I'm maybe on a, a, suffering a bit of a hangover from uh, from uh, being excited at the uh, at the Dam Stadium, the Dam Health Stadium, but... Um, he looked like he knew what he was doing. He looked like he had control. Um, and then when he took it on, he took it on. What were, what I think where Blair Kinghorn succeeds is he's quite a rangy runner. Um, you know, if he if he takes someone on and takes someone on on a soft shoulder, he's he's going to get a good chance of getting through and getting his hands clear of the uh, clear of the tackle so he can pass the ball. And and he and he did it well. That that he took his try very well when he put it to Bennett. Uh, and Bennett burst through, and he was just followed, doing a, a George Horn line, um, and picked up the ball from him. Um, so, and it's I'm I'm always a, a, a great fan of someone who can score a try and then put the conversion over himself as well. And uh, you know, so it's um, I, I I'm not drinking the Kool Aid just yet, but I think it's <laughs> I think it's a, a... I think he did for me. He did better than I was expecting him to do. That's I was I was impressed. I think, but that's that's from a baseline of I, I wasn't. If it had been any other fly half, I maybe wouldn't have been... If I'm thinking about it, I maybe would have been, oh, okay, that was okay. I was impressed because it was Blair Kinghorn, if that makes sense. Kind of gives it an extra point, sort of thing. It's like, yeah, it kind of tips it over. and going, I can see where that's going. I can see... I can see that might not be a bad thing. I could see it developing, but also it might it might just, just as well stall as well, so... We'll see. Um, the other one we had was uh, Martin Bell's book comment. This is uh, impressed by the impact that Ben Velicott has had. Imagine he'd if he'd been uh, Finley Crispy. I can't tell if Craig's frozen or not. Craig has frozen. 
Oh, Jake seems to disappeared. disappeared. Oh, no. I thought he was. Right. I thought he was just grinning. Yeah, I thought he was just stunned by my analysis of uh, Blair Kinghorn at fly half. Um, ben Villacourt voice is gone. Given that um, uh, Martin Bell says it, but, um, imagine it had been Finley Christie though. Oh well, keep dreaming. We'll never so, know now. No, no, he's capped. His crowded house sign. Don't, you know, don't dream it's over, but it is over. No. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's nice. I mean, I feel. It's nice for Ember to have a decent flat, a decent scrum half. I mean, Charlie Shields. I, I Charlie Shields got. So I think the problem with Charlie Shields is Charlie Shields was stuck on the end of twenty minutes and asked to do the impossible. Whereas actually, Ben Velicott's. Yeah, obviously Velicott's. Um, well, uh, the game plan was maybe a little stifled under Cockrell, um, which I believe is one of the many reasons he's gone. Uh, but Velicott, you know, obviously he's, he's got. Um, Top level experience. Um, you know, I played in the Premiership for a good couple of years, uh, and he seems to certainly have all couple of amazing breaks that you know that tip, uh, quick tap, and and bolt over the halfway line. Um, that is excellent bit of play. So he seems to certainly have good awareness. You know, he's a good sniper. I think he had a decent, decentish try scoring record, or certainly at one point he had a, yeah. a wee run of scoring. So yes, um, you know, uh, Charlie Shaw needs. You know, he's. Although I'm often the give them game time kit type, he's not had enough game time at all to really be starting a lot of games. So I think he does need um, top class experience beside him. Um, hopefully we'll see more of Shield uh, like with Doby, but uh, Velcott certainly looks like um, he certainly had more pace than Henry Purgos, Let's say that. Yeah, I mean, he's 26. I think that just shows how how long we've been talking about him. I'm waiting for him to come to come through. I mean, Charlie Shields only 23, so that kind of works out okay. The, the conveyor belt of quality Scottish scrum halves. Uh, that's it. That's wrong. Even two when we outsource it to England. Yeah. <laughs> and having only two pro teams. Um, but hey, them's the breaks. Yeah. So but, I feel like still up for grabs, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, Velikot's still. Yeah, that's how he wouldn't yeah. be here otherwise, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I think he, he, he was called into an English... He's doing a, a Gary Graham, really. Aye. But I think oh, yeah. the problem, I think he spoke quite openly about the fact that he he stayed he he couldn't accept a call up to Scotland. I think I think Townsend tried to call him up a couple of times, but I think he said in interviews before if I if I accept the call up to Scotland, then it means it limits my contract opportunities down in England because I'm an English qualified player. So teams will happily sign me because they then get to tick a box that says... Yeah, they get 20, was it 25 grand per player they get or something? Yeah. Or something like that. So that that's why he's quite open about the same way. It's going to affect my contract chances if I, if I sign, if I, if I get called up for Scotland and then I yeah, then you're try and get a contract with an English club. So Craigie back. My apologies, my Wi-Fi just went pop and went completely off there for a second. That's so fine. We, I just thought you were stunned by my analysis of um, Blair Kinghorn. <laughs> I was just a, uh, just uh, it was uh, I was a uh, you know agreeing that Blair Kinghorn actually was did very very well on the on the weekend. So it just uh, you know it had a bit of a spasm. While while you were away, we were talking about Ben Velicott. Mm. And I mean, it's. Do you think? I mean, it's in, probably something to ask you. Do you think that is down to the quality of Ben Velikot as a player, or the tactics? Because it's quite hard to 
judge, isn't it? Because he, he's been asked to play a different game to what Henry Pergos was being asked to play under Richard Cockrell, what Charlie Shields was being asked to play under Richard Cockrell. So do, do you think that's, I, I suppose it's probably a combination of the two, isn't it? He's, he's playing different tactics, but do you, were you excited by him? Do you feel that that's an, a, a kind of an improvement player-wise on what Ember already have? Um, well, yeah, you know, obviously he got man of the match, so he's 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 done an incredibly good job on the on on the weekend. Um, I I think he's I think it's game plan. I think Mike Blair's kind of given a lot of the boys the opportunity to go uh, and play what's in front of them. You know, he was taking tap tap um, tap penalties on a regular, you know, a couple of times just to. You know, he saw some space and just went for it. Um, he had a big run down, um, you know, a fair run down to the twenty Scarlets twenty two, just from a tap, a tap penalty, uh, a tap and go penalty. You know, so I, I think yes, I think I think Mike Blair's kind of, you know, freed him a little bit. But again, Pargos came on, um, and for the five ten minutes he was on, you know, he did like he, the ball came. We're, we were we were under the pump by by Scarlets right at the end. The ball came to Pergos. What did Pergos do? Kick it back to Scarlets. And it's it's like, why are you kicking? There's two minutes to go. Why are you kicking the ball back to Scarlets? You know, and it just, so I think, it, 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 you know, I, I, I'm not saying Richard, Richard Cockrell Stockholm syndrome, that's what it is. It must be because he's obviously uh, he's uh, you know he's got this moustache and um, and uh, haircut going on that seems to have affected it. Maybe it's it's like the uh, the um, the criminal guy in the Simpsons that's, that, that, that when he got scalped his hair attached onto Homer Simpson. I think it's similar, kind of similar like that. So affecting his brain. Um, but no, I, it was just so frustrating because Pergos has been a great player. Don't get me wrong, and he, and and he's, he has had a steady influence over. Edinburgh at times when we needed a steady influence, but Velikot has come along and has shown him um, okay, this is just one game, but he has shown him uh, that I think Velikot's going to be the first pick every time. Yeah. Anything more from Ember for you, Craig, before we move on to the Super 6? Um, no, I just, uh, just one little thing, um, and it's to the fans of Edinburgh. I was amazed. We came out of the Lothian stand. My son and I stood for a wee while watching the players, and then we came out. And usually at the end of the um, uh, end of the game, you get a few people at the tunnel kind of milling about to get photos and everything. You can't do that just now because of COVID, etc. There was at least 750, maybe even 800 people all standing d- down the channel that they now walk from the stadium across the car park into the... Into the um, uh, into the, the the changing rooms, and they clapped all the Scarlets players through, all the referees through, and all the all the Edinburgh players got a huge and it, it, the the atmosphere was absolutely fantastic. And uh, I just wanted to say a huge thanks to to the Edinburgh fans because it was just you know as a fan myself and as a season ticket holder, it was just a lovely, lovely thing to see. It it was hard because we saw the stadium design. And I think it's before your time <clears> on the <throat> podcast, Craig. And we looked at that and went. That's weird, right? That you, I, I, kind of, I couldn't get detach myself from like the club setup you get. Almost like a barrack where you've got, you know, you've got to walk across the car park and yeah. then past the turnstile with everybody else onto the pitch. I'm thinking, there's going to be guys with boots and they'll be milling about with the fans, and this is going to be weird walking from Murrayfield over a car park to the stand. But actually, to the credit, Edinburgh have made that a real. That's a real. What a real feature that is of the of the match day 
experience for the players and the fans that you've you've I suppose as well for visiting teams you've got to walk through a tunnel of fans before you enter the pitch going for your warm up and going for to the you know going to the game there will be fans there probably heckling you a wee bit have a wee bit crack and huh? then to be clapped back out again is quite nice as well it's a I was worried about how that would go but it's nice to hear that that's the, they've come up with a plan for Oh, it was, it was it was really good. It, it just it just added that a little bit extra, um, uh, and um, and it, it was fantastic. I tell you that one last thing. Uh, I know we're going to move on, but uh, um, one surprise thing: my 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 missus and my my daughter um, were there on, because of the women's tickets that were given away free by Edinburgh, and uh, they were in the director's box, and a certain Toonie was standing behind them, uh, sitting behind them with the new attack coach for Scotland. Speaking fluent French with the uh, with the attack coach and just sat and that's all they spoke French all night. So uh, quite an interesting one that um, they uh, they certainly are. Um, uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Apparently, he's very handsome, and I, I don't know where that comes from either. <laughs> also, how they like oh, speak speak French. There might be spies. He's South African. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> there might be Australian spies kicking about. Like, what common what common language do we have? <laughs> <laughs> South African and Scottish coaches, French. French? Why, why not? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. The um, I, any, I mean, I think we've covered it already. Gregor Townsend's autobiography. There's a there's a chapter there about the club car he gets whilst he's playing in France, and it's just phenomenal. Just just read read Gregor Townsend's autobiography because there's a whole bit there about how he drives around a really crap club car. It's well worth a read. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Super Six. Then I want to kind of just touch on the Super Six quite quickly. Um, did you have anything, Craig, talking point wise from the Super Six before we? I've got I've got well, one big talking point I want to do at the end here. But um, well, yeah, uh, I, I was really impressed with um, Stirling County's turnaround. Um, I told you, cut the grass and it will get a bit better for them. <laughs> And we got, got tweet, somebody tweeted you and said they've cut yeah, the grass. As well. They've cut the grass, um, and they they were they looked absolutely fantastic. It was a close game, um, but uh, people like George Arnott, um, the second row, was just phenomenal. What a what a game he had. Um, their defence was better. Um, uh, their their attack was looking fabulous. It has looked quite quite good over the over the last few. Um, Few games, but their attack um, was very, very good. Um, and and Watsonians had their hands full at the weekend. So um, I thought Stirling County did an incredibly good job, and uh, and, and 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 they they've uh, they were impressive. I feel See, like I was Stirling going to Stirling... mention. Sorry, you you go, I was, was going to mention the grass weeks ago, but then I thought people think I'm absolutely mental, so I'm not going to say anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was a bit long myself. Anyway, sorry, Cammy, carry on. I said, well, no, I was going to say the. Um... It still doesn't feel like the last couple of weeks that they're, that they're going to be one to watch for next season. Yeah. They've been quite inconsistent this year. They've kind of started quite well and then tailed off a bit. But, I, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how they go next season. Yeah. Um, I was quite frustrated, I think, with Southern Knights. And, and with Earth to a certain extent, that just, just flew off the... <laughs> Mama! 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 The Southern Knights! <laughs> <laughs> well done for getting the fan for the for, for audio listeners. Um Craig, Craig, Craig had a fan on hand. That's that's impressive. <laughs> it's a commitment to the bitty, Craig. <laughs> um, but yeah, yes, Mama, the Southern Knights. Um, they just 
I get it's something we've talked about before with the Super Six teams, and I think particularly with Aaron Southern Knights is they just switch off sometimes. And you know, all credit to to Harriet's, you know, they they, they played really well, but Southern Knights Southern Knights never should have let them in the way they did. Yeah, I, I, I tell you, don't get me wrong. I was exciting rugby to watch Southern Knights scoring two tries in the last two minutes of the game to to flatter the score, but. Should never be in that position in the first place. Yeah, Alex Ball, for example, the the the, the Harriet's nine. You know, he, he a nice snipe and run, and uh, just just absolutely scored that. Took that took that try incredibly well, and it, and it and and you know he should never have got past the three people he got past. No. Um, uh, so yeah, just as you say, it's it's, it's it was interesting. I think uh, um, Freddie Owsley, Owsley as well, the the Southern Knights player, but he's also in Edinburgh. Um, player as well, or he's in the Edinburgh um, larger um, squad. Um, he looks incredibly quick, um, so he'll be interesting to see too. Yeah. Hello, Johnny. Johnny McGinty is joining us. Hello, Johnny. How was training, Johnny? Good, actually. Yeah. Good. Nice to be back out. We've had a couple of weeks off, so we're just talking. We're talking Super Six before we go into hands in the ruck. Do you have any any any, uh, any observations from Super Six this this time around? Yeah, I seem to have jumped in at the exact point that I've made several times so far about Super 6, which is that they need to start learning to close out games. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't like, I'm sure, I'm sure I've been over this numerous times and you guys sound like you were just going over it when I came in and I don't know how many more times I can say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, just, just see games out. Don't switch yeah. off in the last two yeah. minutes. It's going to, going to beat you. Ian, anything from you? Um, not particularly, although uh, obviously we've just seen the highlights, but uh, I think the Bills scored three tries from Malls. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I think the Bills are hitting form at a really good time. You know, their, their pack um, seems to be settled. Obviously, Fantini at uh, open side is probably the best player in the league at the moment. Um, and they also do have firepower in the backs as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, they're hitting their form at the right moment. I think it's probably going to be sort of them and Knights. I th- that is going to be a tasty final. Yep. Given the form of both teams. Um, uh, maybe I'll get to go to the goddamn stadium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> goddamn. Um, I, my final point on this, which before, because we're going to go and do Hans in the Rock in a minute, and we'll probably carry on the discussion into this, into Hans in the Rock, is the, um, it was the SRU AGM this week, and there was a motion from GHK in Glasgow to abolish the Super 6 and replace it with an inter-district championship. And honestly, I wanted to kill myself because <laughs> it's the tinfoil blazer brigade, right? And I'll tell you something. we By accident, I stumbled across a Facebook group called WTF Is It With Scottish Rugby? And I thought, hey, some Scottish rugby. I'll sign Things up to this. a bell. Yeah, I'll sign <laughs> up to this. I'll see how it goes. I'll see what's the crack in here. It's always interesting. I like Scottish rugby forum. It's good because I don't necessarily join in, but I just like seeing what, what what's kind of grinding people's gears, what, what what's getting people interested in Scottish rugby. And you, what's got you their sometimes hands in get, yeah, you get you sometimes get bits of news that you miss from from club rugby and stuff. But I thought, well, here's another forum to join on Facebook. 
And it only clicked with me when it was the AGM what that group was about because the entire purpose of the group was something to do with getting rid of Super 6 and placing within the district championship. The group were also on about replacing the administrative functions and legal functions of Scottish rugby with some with some third party. And then also, what was the other point? Um, well, it was GHA, not GHK. Just GHA, for... sorry, not GHK. Yeah. GHA. Um, and then they had like a third, oh no, that was it. Where's all the money being spent from COVID, right? These are the big main three talking points in this group. And I just went and I was like, what's going on with this? Right, can somebody explain all this to me? And I got booted from the group, right? Just for asking, like, what's the crack here, boys? I think that, genuinely think that group have coordinated through the clubs so that there are a few, there are a handful of people in positions of power within clubs in Scottish rugby or who know people who are in positions of power in Scottish rugby who should not be allowed to operate self-service tills and supermarkets but yet are allowed to give their views at the AGM of a major sporting union, right? These people have, like, they must have tinfoil, not just tinfoil hats, tinfoil blazers, tinfoil trousers because... Look, we've talked about the Super Six. Our misgivings about the Super Six before. It's by far not a perfect tournament. I still have questions about where where this is going longer term and and the combination of the club game. But these guys are trying to take. There are people now in Scottish rugby trying to take Scottish rugby back to the Stone Age. The whole thing with Super replacing Super Six with with the Inter District Championship. So far as I could tell from the the discussions I had with these guys, was. We think the Premiership is just as good as Super Six, which is demonstrably not true. The the thing about like don't don't use COVID money from the government to pay for foreign born players is just absolute peak gammon boomer crap, right? <laughs> the third thing about the whole like oh we don't like the legal advice that was given, so we should sack the entire legal team and administrative team within Scottish rugby. And then they're going. I don't understand why the why everybody got upset with with that we act for asked for them all to get get sacked. Christ, grow up, grow up. The idea of the pro teams as well is absolutely bonkers. Yeah, they replace it with one pro team because and and genuinely in this group, somebody said this to me that worked in Argentina. How many (laughs) pro teams? How many pro franchises do Argentina have now? They have zero. Yeah. And they're so insignificant, yeah. they're not even invited to photo calls for competitions that they're in. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they wanted to get rid of Glasgow Edinburgh, make one pro team, and all the Glasgow Edinburgh players would play in the Premiership for the right to play in the in the in the pro select team, right? And we just talked about how Fantini's the best player in the Super Six, so that's who we're asking Jamie Ritchie, Hamish Watson, Matt Figgerson to go up against. Do you know who the best player in the URC is? Sia Khaleesi or yeah. Wayne Vermeulen. <laughs> Or Josh van der Fleer, Josh Navidi, and you want to take them away from playing against those guys to play against the Super Six players and then expect Scotland to remain competitive. It's bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, Martin Bell makes a point. says the admin legal one was actually suggested that the SIU explore the cost savings of outsourcing legal advice we deliver. Keith Wallace of Haddock was proposing that and he seems a sensible guy. I'm not saying there wasn't some sense behind it. And I think the problem is that with these things is they get hijacked by these utter madmen 
And so maybe maybe there is a, a thing about outsourcing legal advice to an external organization and that being cost saving. And maybe it does give you some sense of impartiality from personal experience, from work experience. It doesn't because outsourcing it just means it's worse because they're not working with you day to day. They don't understand the inner workings of your organization. It's it's a bit crap. Thing is, Cammy, if you want to pay, if you want to if you want to lose money or put or pay a lot of money to someone who isn't going to give you as good a job as as you already have, please outsource it. It's well yeah. known within this within within this country. The issue I have, you know, I I was I talked to two different chairman uh, presidents of two different clubs who came home early because it got to a point where there was just the lawyers talking to each other, and 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 the AGM, and they kind of went, "Why are we here?" Yeah, and it, it, we've got a long drive. We're heading home, and it's 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 an AGM is for open discussion. I don't have a problem with that, but you know when it get when you get to a point where people are switching off, know your audience. Yeah, I think that's it. It's a waste of everybody's time. There are far better uses of the <clears throat> the AGM was about a bunch of idiots hijacking it for trying to stop foreign players being imported to Scotland and replacing the Super 6 with an district championship, which, do you know, it's just the... I don't know. The, the, there are far better uses of the AGM's time than talking about those issues. It just, it, you know, and this is... You know, this is how bad things got. I have sympathy for Mark Dodson and having to deal with that crap. That's what they've, that's what they've driven me to. <laughs> That's how low things have got. And then the other thing they do, which is really, before we go, the other thing they do that's really super sad on the Facebook group um, is whenever there's an article on the offside line, they ask all their friends to go and comment on it because they go, there's lots of people commenting on this article in favour of what the SRU is doing. How, let's get as many of us over there as possible and disagree with us. They're basically 14-year-old girls. <laughs> on WhatsApp, oh, which coordinating like... facts. Then that's harsh on fourteen-year-old girls. I'll apologise to all fourteen-year-old girls right now. But <laughs> that is like Beyonce's Twitter mob called. <laughs> <laughs> Except you know, crap because they're not Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. yeah, and of course These... you know there's certain offside articles, offside line articles. They just uh, don't, they won't share, isn't there? I know. There is. We like touch on certain, that later. By certain people, we could touch on that later, Ian. We'll touch yeah. on that later. But yeah, the certain, the certain, certain rugby journalists they just don't have time for. Um, but we'll touch on that <laughs> later on. Anyway, um, I just, for. I just wanted to talk about this in the main pod book because I just want to let people know that these people walk amongst us. Yeah, man. I tell you. Anyway, so that's it for this week. We'll be back next week for um, our. Um, for our main listeners, we're with um, more on the URC, a bit more on Super 6, and we'll catch up with some other bits and bobs of news. Um, for those of you who are listening to Patreon, um, if you're watching live, we'll be back in about five, normally a couple of minutes. We normally have a little comfort break, go and get a glass of water. Um, Johnny's just joined us, he doesn't need one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but for those who aren't on the um, the Patreon, I, we'll say goodbye. Oh, Ian's got the, Ian's got the, the original Iron Brew. We'll, we'll go on to this case if I'm Jamie your hands in the ruck. Uh, for the moment, though, we'll say it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Johnny, Ian, and Craig. Cheers, bye. bye. bye.